0: popped out to Alright guys, welcome to the first ever uh, Warehouse Podcast. I have with me uh, Mr. Omar Shahed and Hi. Mr. Cole Campbell. Thanks um, for having me, Saurabh. Sure. Well, uh, I'm
1: glad you can make it.
0: Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, just to give you some introduction about myself, my name is Saurabh and uh, these two are my roommates. And our little uh, abode here in Montreal is what we call the Warehouse. Absolutely. Um, so, Omar, can you just start with giving us a little background about yourself?
2: Sure. So my name is Omar. I'm Sorb's roommate. Uh, I've been passionate about entrepreneurship for my whole life. I've started a couple of small businesses when I was a student, really, really, really liked it. And uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm uh, working on a startup uh, in uh, real estate. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Cole, uh, How about you?
1: So, uh, yeah, so Cole Campbell, um, I'm a stripper moonlight as a porn star. Um, <laughs> Came to Montreal to, uh, to plan my craft. No, I, uh, I, um, I'm a big tech guy. I like uh, I, mean, I like building things. I like growing startups. And I uh, recently just left one. We did pretty well. Um, I left for personal reasons and I'm here in Montreal, basically just figuring out what the next step is. And uh, I met these two beauties and here we are. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: All right. So since the introductions are out of the way, um, I think a good starting topic would be entrepreneurship and uh, how to begin, uh, like what mindset is uh, of an entrepreneur, and how does one go about starting a company? Um, personally, I have some experience because back in the day, I started a company which was uh, more geared, geared towards trying to change the idea of biased journalism, and uh, we were moderately successful, but because of some reasons I had to uh, end up walking away from the company. Anywho, but uh, let, me, let me pass the torch on to the both of you all. Uh, when it comes to, let's say, let me ask you this first question. When it comes to uh, thinking about an idea, how do you, what's your process? How do you go about um, figuring out what is a viable idea and what is not?
2: Um, I'll try to speak for myself. Honestly, I think of a shit ton of ideas every day. And and I, I think of too much ideas per day actually. Like I have just ideas popping off from of my head based on what I see in my environment. The way I decide to do an idea, first step, I need to believe it's possible. I need to, um, to, to think that it's something I can do and that I can easily start. I don't particularly love ideas that uh, take a lot of time to start. I really want to jump into it as soon as possible. Then, of course, I try to see if it's financially viable, because that's what I'm looking for as much as possible to see if the idea can, can make money, basically. Um, so, no, on my end, that would be pretty much do I have the skills, do I want to invest the time and can it, uh, is it profitable? That would be the way I think that it's worth starting a business or not. Um And every time I meet these three car- criteria, uh, I just give it a go usually and uh, and try to see to where I can put it and, and then go from there because I learn way more through experience rather than predictions and, uh, and a lot of planning and theory. I, I learn a lot through, through experiences. Oh, that's here's, a great insight, here's, here's the
1: question though, is why, why do you guys start businesses? Like it's all great to talk about how and what, but like why? like why why don't you want why don't you want to keep your consulting job at deloitte or your yeah. your job at you know whatever marketing you know why do you like why start a business why is that important
0: um personally uh, i can speak from like at least for myself i think uh the idea of having independence uh where you control your own um day-to-day schedule if that's the right way to put it i you know like I, th- I think personally for me it's more of a challenge I, I try to look at it as a game um, and I, w- I want to see how I can fit in you know the right piece in the puzzle so that uh, everything makes sense because I I, I want to consider myself more of an analytic analytical kind of person so if one plus one equals two then it makes sense to me you know so that's that's pretty much my mindset um, I would pass the torch to Omar yeah I think
2: it's a great question Uh, honestly most of my life I never had a job like basically I I, I, for for the first part of my life I never even considered the idea of having a job like it just it it didn't occur to me my father is an entrepreneur my grandfather is an entrepreneur all I've been uh, growing up into is uh, businesses and managing and partnerships and 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 this and that and I think When I first got in Montreal, I started working as a door to door, uh, like basically door to door rep for a business. I really liked it. I was able to make my own money whenever I want based on my performance. Then I started a small window washing business. I loved it. It was just, I I really felt that this was what I was supposed to do. I was wired for that. Freedom, uh, performance. Performance is immediately retributed. That's what I like too. And then when I started working as a job, my first job, I really, really, really got bored. Uh, I, I, I didn't feel even 10% as good than when my business was performing. So that's, I think for me, it's just natural. Like I, I don't see myself doing anything else. The growth possibility is limitless. I love that. It's only based toward how much time and effort I invest. I, I invest. The passion is, 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 is unique. Like basically just working on something you like and seeing it grow. It's like raising a child. And it's, I think, one of the greatest feelings in the world.
1: It's interesting. It's really interesting, like the the idea of, you know, you can work a job, but there's just something missing. It's yeah. like you don't own any of it, right? Like exactly. you can have stock options or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like it's not something you've created. Like it's, why do we have that instinct? Like why... Why does so many people not have that, like, what's different? What, what creates that need to own your own thing? Have, you know, some people like to have property. Everybody wants to own a house, you know, it's the American dream. But like, why, why is it that we want to own businesses? What's different?
0: Look, um, no, I, think, I think it all boils down to a simple fact in, as to what your aspirations are at the end of the day. Because if you, if you if you imagine yourself... Let's say 10 years down the line at a certain position in life, there is a very slim chance that a certain job or a certain role will let you uh, achieve that position unless you are of a a mindset that, you know, I just want to do a nine to five gig. Uh, My my goal for the next 10 years is probably, you know, pay down like a 20% down payment on a house or whatever and try and do the nine to five gig to pay down the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Whereas... If I if I you know tell myself no uh, by the end ne- by the end of the next ten years I want to see myself uh, in a in a millionaire's shoes you know I want I want a few properties that I, I can say that are a part of my assets oh. um, I don't think a job will get you there unless you are like a CMO or a CEO what of any com- big company which again kind of hinders your um, growth but anyway that's just my my take I don't.
1: Interesting. So it's it's not. Uh, I won't say it's like purely financial, but it's like a very financial thing. It's like you have a certain place you want to get to, and you can't get see there. yourself there. Yeah, I think I think financial.
0: Yeah, financial is um, uh, a good uh, performance indicator in terms of why you would choose to start your own business versus uh, doing a job. But I don't think that's the primary goal. I think the primary goal would be to create something out of your own. The the satisfaction that you have created something out of nothing and born like born it to fruition to a certain level where you are recognized in society as the creator of something.
1: Hmm. I love it. Love what it. do you think? I don't know, man. It's it's a question I've been asking a lot lately, like the last six months, you know, someone asked me uh or someone presented to me, uh Andy Frizzella actually, I was reading watching one of his podcasts or something, and he says, you know, he's he asked the question of like you know do some people have it and some people not and that really got me thinking about like why why do some people seem to have it and some people that whatever you know whether it's deactivated or whether they don't have it why don't they have this pursuit I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head it's like you know you've got like for me I I resonate with what you're saying because like I've got big dreams too and I'm looking at like okay what's the vehicle that's going to get me to you know Multiple properties and you know holdings and financial security and you know um, some people say fuck you money like um, what's what's gonna get me there but uh, you know I, there's another side of it too like I know I've always wanted to take on big challenges like when I was a kid you know I, I started a business because I you know I wanted to make pocket money and I didn't want to work like ten bucks an hour at some stupid job and a you know not to denigrate people who get jobs but like, I just I didn't want to do that like yeah and like even going through, you know, like, I I went through, like, uh, you know, like, I joined the Army Reserve, because I was like, okay, boot camp's supposed to be hard, I went into engineering school, electrical engineering, because that was supposed to be hard, you know, I've, like, done all kinds of different, like, difficult things, like, you know, I decided I was gonna, like, become, like, a heavy anti-government protester at one point, and that was really difficult, and, um, yeah, like, the business is, like, the first thing that's really challenged me, with all those things so it's like fun so it's exhilarating right like it's like extreme sports it's It's incredible it's like skiing off a cliff you know the feeling is incredible i feel the same Mm -hmm. for
2: me it's really i think at some point even if i i was paid zero dollar to do it i would still love building and growing businesses because yeah the money is definitely definitely a part of it but it's difficult to say because in business if you're doing sports if you're doing boxing your, your track, your metrics, your measure of success is the number of games you win. If you're doing soccer, is the number of goals you score. But if you're doing business, ultimately, to me I, at least, I think it's the revenue you have in terms of company and the growth in revenue, your capitalization, your funding. It's always related to me- to money, not because I think business is greedy. I think it's just because it's the, the metric that, that matter uh, right. in business. So to me, really, I just... Yeah, love that feeling of, of control that business gives you. That feeling of, of uh, yeah, I mean, that's instant control because when you're in business, you control your time, you control who you work with, you control who works with you, you control, of course, you're not your, your own boss, like you always have to answer to some people, but at least you're the, the master of your destiny and just the, the, this idea is incredible. The fact that you wake up and know that, all right, this week... If I do X, if I work very hard, I will be able at the end of the week to grow my business by fuck f- by by twenty five percent this week, and just that feeling is incredible, and I could never
0: get that feeling in anything else. Uh, I see myself doing honestly, like that's that's a, that's a great point you guys bring up. Like it's in you know a a part of it which is a challenge, you know, that, challenge. Yeah, which where you want to take it head on. But I think that kind of stems my next question is. What are a few um, risks that are involved in starting a business, be it a product-based business or a service-based business? And when considering those risks in starting a business, where do you go ahead and draw a line where, you know, you say to yourself, no, I'm not going to cross this line in terms of taking a risk with the business, even when to start it or to grow it like what's your calculation like what's the calibration of that it's
1: it's interesting I want to go back to what Omar said though for just a second because it's interesting it's almost like a sexual energy it's like a creative energy you know like it's like competition it's like winning a sports game but it's like it's like that creative energy just that urge to like to reproduce it's the same thing you want to produce something and it's it's not even like a, a conscious decision it's just like you know, when I push, wake yeah. up in the morning, I don't want to... Like, there's nothing else I want to do. I just yeah. want to learn and read and, yeah. you know, apply concepts and execute. And, like, yeah. it's just... It's like... It just kind of happens, you know?
2: Absolutely, man. And even the, the, the stress is enjoyable. Even the the fear that drives you when you're creating a business, the fact that you're on the line, that you need to push, and the, the difficulty is extremely enjoyable. It's almost... a it's almost uh, like, you know, it's, it's a weird, for me at least, it's a weird mixture between pleasure and stress that's very, very, very enjoyable. It's addictive. It's an addiction. It's, it's an addiction. It's definitely an addiction. And I think I'm a, I've always been a very obsessive person. I've always been passionate about one topic and wouldn't let it out before I master everything. And just business gives me that, that feeling. That, most of the time, so it's,
1: it feels really good. And it's like infinite, you can never master it. Like yeah. Nobody's mastered exactly. all of it,
2: you know? There's still everyday things to learn, and you learn, learn, learn. But they, to answer what you said, the risks is very important. Because when you love too much entrepreneurship, you don't factor in the risk. I think, for me, the tool I use, it's because I like it and I'm, I'm decently good at it. I do financial projections as much as possible. I try to weigh... Financially, what can I lose? Mm-hmm. Well, well, actually, I, I just ask myself the question, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst case scenario? What does it look like? If I can live with the worst case scenario, then I know I must do it. You know, because... If there is not much to lose and it's up to everybody's uh, perspective for example uh, some people don't care about uh, screwing themselves up financially in the beginning of their life I care about it like I wouldn't do a business idea just because it sounds good I will I would look at it from a financial point of view but if I can tolerate the risk I'm super happy that's mm-hmm. for that then you think I think you need to hedge to manage risk along the way so one thing I learned, at least for myself, you it's not a great thing to be financially dependent of your business at the beginning. You must let the, let the cash flow build, let the, the seed grow, let things get by to understand the rhythm. Because if it's doing good, you're getting all the money. When it's going bad, you never
0: could have predicted how bad it, it can go. That's what I think, at least. Oh, that's cool. Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. You, you need... You need to figure out what your worst case scenario would look like and then like take a call from there if you can bear to live past that worst case scenario. If you, if you figure out that, you know what, in that worst case scenario, I can still get through it, then I think it's always worth going ahead.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. There's like, you know, it's like uh, some really good advice I got was like, you always have to be willing to do anything in the company so if you're you know if you start a cleaning company you got to be willing to plunge a toilet you know yeah. um as far as like risk it's interesting because you guys both have you know formal financial educations so i never did that um so like my level of risk calculation is different i just kind of look at it like you know I, I look at it from like a more more like i guess like enough humans right word like perspective i kind of look at it like instinctive yeah instinctive i guess i just look you know like if I'm going into something, I think, okay, how can I make money without spending any money? Because if I can make money without spending any money, then intuitively that means I can scale that up and I can make, always make more money than I'm going to spend. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, I don't think you need to have an MBA. Um, Oh yeah, 100%. No, no, that's true. um, It's really just, you know, how can you make more money? Yeah. Then you put out, and what a lot of people think is, you need to have this huge seed fund to start a business, and you need to pour a bunch of money in. Now, man, just go and get sales. Like, once you get sales, you can get someone else to give you the money to scale it, and you can give them a you know return on their money. But you don't need a huge chunk of money to pour into this failing business. If you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong.
0: That, That was exactly going to be my next question. Where people are generally confused where they feel they're always kind of caught in that cash twenty-two kind of a situation yeah. or a chicken egg problem where they feel like they need a certain amount of investment to start a business to actually generate revenue. So they they think about it in a way where if I start a business with zero money, I will not be able to scale because no business can be started without money. Just so a lazy point of view. Exactly. So like, how how valid is this point? Like I mean I will just kind of answered this question where he said, you know, he from his perspective the least amount of investment in terms of financial resources, which can generate a good revenue, is the way to go.
2: It's absolutely the way to go. I think 99% of businesses can be started with less than a thousand bucks, or at least get brought up to the first consumer. Of course, if you're doing a massive manufacturing product, if I'm selling a nice, whatever, a sponge, that's incredible. Sure. Of course, I need the cash upfront to produce and then bring it to retail. But before that, do, did I just, you know, start producing a small twenty, hundred, thousand 1,000 sponges batch and try to sell it to see if it actually gives result? Did I, you know, did I make sure that my thing is sellable, it's profitable, it's, uh, it's brought up to the market before even considering financing for my business? So market research is key.
1: And I think... One hundred percent. I think drilling down into that, though, like I, I don't think I don't I, I don't think it matters the business. I don't think you have to spend a cent on almost any business. Like I think, like relatively speaking, like if you're making a a sponge, you might have to make like you know one prototype, or you might have to you know you might have to spend a couple. You might have to spend point one percent of you know what you'd expect to make off that first run. But if you're just starting, you know, like your first consulting business, you know, the only thing you're going to spend is time and some gas, you know, driving around knocking on doors. Like you don't need, if you're buying business cards, if you're trying to host a website on anything more than like a free platform or something that costs like two bucks a month, like you're doing, you know, you're doing doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, people think they need to be official, but man. The most successful businesses. I mean, look, Jeff Bezos' his desk for like how many years? Like five, ten
0: years was mm-hmm. a fucking door yeah, on a cinder yeah. blocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> that became his kind of like uh, uh, an ongoing thing in Amazon. So every, I mean, even if you go to an Amazon office right now, there will still be desks which have like a door, you know, that is that has been converted into a desk, which is has been done on purpose because Jeff Bezos likes to be reminded. Of the position he started out from. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And there are certain rules and regulations, of course. I mean, well, not highly rules and regulations, meaning. but yeah, sure. exactly. But no, I think, Cole, you hit on a nice point there because I think in today's day and age, because of the ease of access over the internet, it has become so, so damn easy to start any, I mean, yes, not a manufacturing per se, but any kind of business, which is two more coupled with market research because you have so many avenues to go ahead and do your research just create a free freaking survey and put it out on the internet and trust me you will get a shitload of responses Mm -hmm. which kind of validates your idea
1: and even for big, yeah, even for big, like, manufacturing things like this sponge we keep talking about, you know, you can run a Kickstarter, you can raise a million bucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I literally saw that exact product, this thing was, like, the sud stud, it's, like, this soap holder sponge thing. And these guys, you know, started a Kickstarter and they raised, I think, like, millions of dollars. Like, it's, like, you know, you don't need to spend any money to make money.
2: You don't. And market research is a great point because I think too many people do market research. And when they do market research... I think the the best market research is go-to market. Yeah. So I think whenever you have an idea, of course, consider it. Speak to people around you and and see if that makes sense. But when you have something to sell, something that's, it can be a UI, UX of a website or, or a transactional website or whatever, like a product, a prototype, anything that's sellable, I think
1: go see your prospects. And sell it. Omar, you're our ideas guy. We had sponges. We had new websites. What <laughs> else? What else? What else? I, think,
0: I, think, I think a good example of, of this market, go to market kind of a thing could be like you're trying to start your own restaurant. Let's say you're trying to start your own food truck. Create a small batch of the menu, my menu item that you potentially want to create and go to the goddamn farmer's market. Yeah. Just stand there and give out free samples and take people's opinions on that. Absolutely. Ask okay. them what, what, <clears throat> what's missing, what can be improved if they like it, dislike it. You know, any number of questions, note down all the responses and you are good to go. Mm -hmm. Like,
2: I had a friend of mine, a great friend. He had a, he had a, he's an amazing software developer, like one of the best I ever met. And he, he, he had an amazing piece of software that could, uh, that can actually spot next sports star based on data from where they are like 12 or 13 years old. So they track their data and they, match it with an algorithm that compares it to great athletes when they were that age, and they're able to spot amazing players from the start. So the idea, 100% great. The product, I tested, I t- I tested it, amazing. Mm-hmm. Then we were there, and he was caught up in what do I do next? Do I go raise funds? Do I do this? Do I do that? He was completely lost. My, my guess on that was just... Who are you eventually going to sell that to? He didn't quite know exactly. Nah. Like, uh, maybe coaches, maybe this, maybe that. I told him just, all right, if it's coaches, go see 50 coaches and fix a price yeah. and sell it. Yeah. So he did that. He went well. He sold three to five of, of this. He was like doing a subscription model for that software. But while he did that, he realized this was kind of not exactly what coaches needed in the market. They needed a little little bit of differences. Not a lot, but they needed a little bit of differences in order to pay. So, boom, he readjusted. And that's where I think his, his idea was amazing, but it wasn't validated in the proper way as well. He didn't go and try to actually sell it because yeah if you show a nice product to 10 people 10 people will tell you it's nice but it doesn't mean that it's going to work also as a, as a business i
1: think mm-hmm. cool um i think okay i like so, your i like your idea with the food truck you know any you know it really speaks to the fact that customer you know you need to have really hungry customers yeah. in, the, in your case literally yeah. um, <laughs> but um you know if you try to bring a product to market that people don't want Nobody's going to buy it. It's just logic. Yeah. But so many people miss that. But like if you go out and you perfect your product, you know, you can spend a, co- you know, a couple hundred bucks on food. If you like cooking, you're going to do that anyway. You probably like sharing your food with people. Go out and perfect those recipes. Wait until people are begging you to start a restaurant. And then you know you've got something. Like if people are begging you, if people are willing to buy a pre-order for your restaurant, your food truck, whatever, then you know that you've got that critical mass that people... Are begging for your solution, but until you have that, you know, you need to you need to be ten times better than whatever else is out there. So unless people are begging for what you have, you're probably not going to see you know runway success with it.
0: Um, I actually have uh, you know to your point, I have a question regarding now two of the most successful uh, tech entrepreneurs in history, right? Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos, Amazon has always, always and always kept customer first as their focus. Yeah. Right. Whereas Steve Jobs kind of drew flack for saying this once back in the day where he said the customers are idiots. You have to tell them that, you know, this is what you want. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. So like, where do you, where where do you, where does one figure out which side to take? Like, do you do you completely surrender yourself to the end consumer, or do you do you say that you know your customer is dumb enough and you have to tell them what to do That's a great question. Well, i mean i think i think the, I think
1: they both had the same idea. I think Jobs was just a bit more of an asshole about it like I think amazon like nobody knew that they wanted two day shipping on you know dildos you know that you need to have within your one day or two day window like nobody knew they needed that. Until Amazon came out with it, now like I buy everything on Amazon, including my dildos. Um Actually, no, I don't. I mean, I, um, <laughs> but like the point, the point being, like, like yeah, Amazon is customer centric, but the customers don't know what they want because they're not thinking forward. Your average person doesn't think forward; they think, okay, I have a water glass now. When this breaks, I'm going to go buy another water glass. They don't think, oh, hmm, there's a cool new stainless steel one, and it's insulated. Yeah, absolutely. it's better. No, I,
0: you, no I, I see what you're saying, but I think I think I, I think you kind of missed the point. What what I was coming from, where I was coming from, brother, mm. is even in its early days, Amazon. When I say they were customer, they are heavily customer focused. Is their customer service part? Today, they have a lot of data points to tell the customer what they should be buying. That's a different story altogether. But what I'm trying to come from is, let's say Amazon. They focus so heavily on making the customer happy. Either it is in 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 terms of their delivery, which was on time. Forget it. If it if the whole two-day delivery system was even available at that point in time. Uh-huh. But the fact that it was, their delivery was on on time and that their product was exactly as it was shown on their website, which was pretty big, uh, of a deal back in the day when you had all sorts of scams, running true. Out, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So where does one, like as an entrepreneur, like which side do they choose?
1: Well, I mean, who's to say uh, Apple doesn't have good customer service. Like I've never had a bad experience with Apple. They're known, they're famed for their stores. Um, you know, their service staff, like yours, but you know, Apple cares good. Um, just you know, just because Steve Jobs called his customers idiots doesn't mean he doesn't want their money. And the best way to get someone's yeah money is to help yeah, them. But the I think it's be. complimentary
2: What I think, I think, in order to acquire a customer, yeah, you don't need to you you you. It's 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 very difficult to listen to everybody's need because every, everybody needs different thing, and people don't know what they want before it's there. Okay. So I think when you acquire a customer, one hundred percent, you have to. Bend the customers to your will. You have to have some, you know. Nobody. If 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 I created the iPhone, I were to show it to to people, and I was like, "Hey, would you buy this for a thousand bucks in 2007?" Yeah, <laughs> Everybody they, would be like fuck you. Yeah. You like, know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Keep walking. Yeah. We'll keep walking. Like, of course, I'm not. It's cool, but I'm not gonna buy it for a thousand bucks. So there's a part where you need to say, "My customer doesn't really know what he wants. I will force it on him." That's step A, I think. Step B, definitely. I think customer service is the most important thing in terms of of retaining customers and growing business. So that's where I think the Business point of view is incredible. What what's like about what's cool about Amazon two day shipping, reimburse if it's not the, the right item. Apple they have incredible Apple Care. They give you a new iPhone if it's broken. They so all these great companies have the best customer support
0: there is. So so what I think what I'm what I'm getting from this is pre-acquisition you would rather want to make a customer believe that they want a product but post-acquisition then you put the customer on the throne yeah that's what is, I mean. that, is that is that is that true?
1: I think it really depends like I think at the early stages of any product people are skeptical of it like uh, when I was selling you know portable essentially like flaggers and a road construction site they got a stop sign you know I was selling a robot version of that and man t- construction is like literally they've done studies it's the second least technological industry it's right down there with agriculture (laughs) so people were so scared like you know they didn't they didn't like this thing they didn't understand it they thought it would break but as soon as we got it into their hands they were like holy shit this is more efficient my guys love it they're not out getting soaked in rain standing on hot asphalt getting run over by trucks literally guy got run over by a truck like uh you know very I know multiple examples it's horrifying but like people had to be it's it's like Omar said like forced is a strong word but you really had to show up and be like no listen I will stand here with you for 24 hours if you need me to I will make sure that you use this thing and don't just put in the back of the shed for the next 10 years that's right
2: how did you go about that's a great question how did you go about when you first had your prototype your product when you brought it to potential users, how did they react? Were they like, oh my God, I want it right now? Were there some like, mm, maybe it's a bit too pricey? How was it the the go-to market?
1: Generally speaking, people were receptive. Like, you know, you get one company that loves it, one company that's like, no, we don't want it. You just ignore those guys because okay. they're going to lose in the competition. Okay. But the people who wanted it, you know, they were still scared. You know, the, the, the executives might have wanted it. Like, you know, we're talking B2B now. We're kind of getting into the weeds, but... Um, You know, the executives might have wanted it, but their guys, their guys are paying 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour to, you know, turn a sign on the side of the road. They're the ones that are scared of it and their supervisors and the guy that they're contracted to who is doing the actual road work or whatever, who, you know, they don't want to piss off their customer by doing something new and freaky. So it's like, even though they liked the idea of it, it was the application, you know, and that's, that's a complicated B2B product, but the the principle still applies that, um, you know your your customer is going to you have to almost think about the emotions that you're you're going to solve you almost have to short circuit their brain into saying you know trust us just give us a chance and we'll make your life better i, I agree mm-hmm. i
2: agree yeah i mean that's the thing at some point at the beginning i think you need to push through a little bit because if you listen to his customers if you just put them on a the throne they were like, yeah, it's very, very cool product. Some of them were like, maybe I know the execution is complicated. If he had to listen to his customer, he would have rethought about his product to make something that the execution right. is simple and maybe never get anywhere. But he pushed through, yeah. I think, and, and find the way to make what he wanted yeah. work. Yeah. And that, I think, is, is, is very important to a court.
1: Well, well, yeah. Like we, what did our customers think they wanted? They thought they wanted a you know a bigger stop sign, a stop sign. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and no, you, you, you 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 persevered until they 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 saw that it was worth it. That that's the thing, because
2: you knew it was. They didn't know shit. You knew it was. It was. It was nice, and you show them why it was nice. And I think that's very true. Um.
0: That's no, the great points, guys. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, think, I think the next question that pops up into my mind, I think we've, uh, we've spoken about this uh, offline, but I just want to bring it back on the table since we're talking about this whole entrepreneurship act, um, idea. Um, as uh, a person who is starting out in the world of business and starting their own idea or whatever, um, what characteristics do you think are essential Uh, in terms of making a success success story. Not in terms of a product or uh, a service, but the person who is starting it. The
2: person the entrepreneur yes the
0: entrepreneur who is starting it what are the key characteristics to make him or her a success story big dick energy <laughs> no huh oh, that's I mean yeah <laughs> but of, I, I mean you, you have to kind of you have to explain you just can't like drop a <laughs> drop a sentence and just walk away from that you, you have to explain
1: man that's 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 all I'm here for is just witty witty you know empty <laughs> I, I, I think I want to hear what Omar has to say about this one
2: uh, well first what I think from what I saw all successful businesses have a very confident entrepreneur. So, first thing you need to be extremely confident about yourself, your ability to succeed, your business, and your product or service. You need to have, you need to be sold on it, basically. That's I think is a key point. Then I think in order to be successful, you have, you have confidence. Then ultimately also you need some certain skills. Yeah. So there's general skills that everybody must have which are how to properly act skills communication yeah um and basically yeah how to introduce all the the soft skills basically the soft skills yeah then in terms of hard skill i think one thing you need all the time when you start a business at least some minor understanding of the finances because you can find yourself you know that i think 95 percent of businesses of small smbs small Uh and medium businesses Uh don't know how to make their accounting properly wow. internally. So wow. the manager wow. don't know how to make their account. That's incredible. That's
0: insane. They can run
2: unprofitable business for two, three, four, five years before being recorrected. That's you know? crazy. They have no clue about it. That's crazy. So I think that's a huge head, huge, huge, edge. You need some accounting or finance basics. You don't have to, be, to have an MBA. You just need to understand how this works.
0: How to balance your sheets. How to balance your sheets.
2: <laughs> and ultimately skills about yeah. the specific yeah. industry you're on. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. But then again, I don't think, I think it's 80%, uh, 80% psychology and 20% skills. That,
0: oh, that's actually a good way to put it. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, that's it's not for me, but yeah, I
2: think yeah. it's very, very true. When, when you think about it, it's 80% psychology, how to,
1: the confidence, the skills, the soft skills and 20% the hard skills, yeah. hard skills.
0: How, how about you?
1: No, I'm, I'm pretty much like, like Omar makes a lot of good points, like hard skills. Uh, I I think and you know I think hard skills are valuable I think they're super valuable I don't think you need to have hard skills I really don't think you need anything but an ability to persevere and some kind of vision of what you want to see it's like it's like think of it like uh, you know you have you have a vision for whether it's a you know house you want to live in or a business you want to build or a family you want to have or a cool car or whatever it doesn't matter you know and then just the perseverance to keep that vision in your head and keep thinking about it and you don't even need to be smart you just need to add on to it here and there you just need to iterate and you know there's really no qualifications to getting in business other than not giving up and No,
0: you- no I I agree but the thing is I I somehow don't agree with the fact that you don't, you don't need to have hard skills because going back to a point that you mentioned a few a while ago, Kul, when you said that you have to pre- pretty much be open to doing any kind of job in the company. Right. Mm-hmm. So even like right from being a janitor to the CEO, you have to be everybody in that company when you're starting out, basically not when you, like, when you start growing, but when you're starting out. So that kind of also entails a little bit of hard skills. To, I mean, that's that's what I think because I mean, just taking Omar's example of uh, knowing the basics of accounting, right? Mm-hmm. Like for a person who has come, let's say, f- just uh, as a high school gra- high school graduate or a college dropout who probably was in um, biology or whatever it may be, um, they may not necessarily have those financial skills to begin a business, but if they have the perseverance which is a soft skill to go and learn those basics i think that is more important
1: see I, I think you're right i think i think the thing is the hard skill like let's define it a little bit better though is that like i mean you know, hard skills like i can code i can program am i good at it absolutely not oh god <laughs> sure yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah like i know enough that when i get into a conversation with for example if i were to hire a programmer right. i would be able to call bullshit because a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck into the trap, and they hire a consultant, yeah. and the consultant just screws them over. Yeah. It's not even—it's not even like deliberate. It's just you know there's two different incentives there. The, the entrepreneur wants to do things cheap and effective, and the programmer just likes to create things, and they'll just run up a bill just because it's yeah. fun to sit there and code, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you know you have to be able to talk the talk at the very least, yeah. and you have to you have to be able to walk the walk to talk the talk, but you don't you don't need to be like. A a brilliant genius programmer or engineer or economist or accountant or whatever. No, I... I, You don't need at all. I think
2: you can can become an expert before having done one thing. So, I don't know. I know it's not very relevant, but I did window washing for uh, my first year in university. I sold $50,000 worth of contracts to 271 clients never touched a window in my life
1: <laughs>
2: i swear I was, I was i was spreading so much bullshit i didn't know i swear again i was like how the fuck would i watch this i was here yeah of course so we're gonna take a and it from here and i was just explaining it so with such confidence it will work you, know, you fake until, it till you make it eh? you fake it until you make it act as if is super important. <laughs> now that's big tech energy. <laughs> that's, that's it. You know? And I just it just got me confidence to be like, I can start any type of business and figure it out along the way. Of course, am I am I going to start a, a data science business? <laughs> Probably not. With any most of the stuff that's that you consider easy to learn, you need to start.
0: No, I think I have I have I I can relate to what you were talking about, Cole. When you know um, you you kind of end up hiring a contractor for coding or whatever stuff because. I remember when I started, like, a company with my friends, initially we had, uh, you know, a concrete idea as to what we wanted, but we wanted to be Mm cost-effective, right? And we had, like, one person in the team, one or two people were, uh, like, people who could, like, code, like, they were good they were fucking great at it. But they were, you know, caught with some other pressing issues at that point in time. So we ended up, you know, hiring a certain contractor, which kind of you know fit in our you know base rate of whatever it was money you know but it ended up that the contractors just created something like 180 degrees opposite of what Mm -hmm. we wanted like it didn't it wasn't what we were looking for it in any measure Mm -hmm. and then we called when we called them out on that they were like but that's what we thought you i'm like uh, didn't you have you know uh, the did, why wouldn't you take that one extra step to make sure to have an open line of communication where we constantly call them every single day to figure out, oh, how is the progress? Where where have we reached? And all we heard from them was, oh, no, we're good. It's coming along. Oh, no, we're good. It's yeah. coming along. And then the day when the product was supposed to be handed to us, it was shit. Like, yeah. it was absolute dog shit. So... I mean, my friends who like, who were the, you know, the tech guys, they actually had to go and redo the whole thing, Damn. which ultimately ended up in us losing a lot of time and a shitload of money. Of course. So
2: I did the same mistake, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same mistake. So when I first started a student, uh, the real estate business I have right now, it was very far from everything I started before. So it was something I wanted it to be in tech. So okay. I didn't know the first things about tech. And I didn't apply the rules that I would never miss to apply anymore in my life. At that point, I had some savings. Yeah. I was kind of good, you know. I was, I was, I was, I was decent financially. I had, I had some savings anyway, me and my partner. So the first thing I, I did was drop a, a very detailed thing that, of what I wanted in terms of an app and hire a contractor. Mm-hmm. So I hired a contractor. I put all my savings in there, most of them. And obviously he got us completely around for two months. Yeah. And we were like, okay, what is happening? I was doing my sales, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Of course at delivery the product was terrible. We got into a fight with him to get our money back anyway. It was yeah. <laughs> it was a complete mess. But then two months later, I I I just I was like, fuck it, you know what? I just learned from that huge mistake I made and never redo that mistake again of thinking someone else will do it better than me because nobody understands your business. Better than you do. Better than you do. It makes sense. Contractors are employees to do a specific thing. They can't think of your business for you. Yeah. So, $83 I invested <laughs> for <laughs> to re-begin that one. $83 I invested and boom, I, I brought it to market and I felt better. I regained the money I lost and I was just <laughs> getting back at it, you know. But that rule, I would never miss it anymore. Just start quickly, start very cheap and go to market fast. Trust yourself. and also. Trust yourself. Yeah. Trust your instinct, trust your guts and trust be a little bit arrogant that you can do it better than anyone else that's yeah.
1: very important and what you just said is really interesting because you spent whatever i don't know what it was like thousands of dollars i imagine on this guy to yeah. build this app seven thousand yeah. dollars holy yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And I, I made the same mistake <laughs> right exactly. like my, my company we spent ninety thousand dollars on this engineer and they did some mm. good stuff but they didn't do ninety <laughs> thousand dollars good stuff right so huge you know massive massive failure yeah. there you know um, we were able to pull it off and yeah. you know make it work, but you we've all made that mistake. Um, but but it's interesting what you said um, is that when you went back and built it for eighty three dollars, you know I imagine that was like a Wix subscription yeah. and like exactly. I don't know probably like kind Stripe of. or something. Like you probably built a website that was like a fraction of what you thought your grand vision was, but it worked and it made you money, right? Which is to say that like whatever grand vision you have, you know, you just gotta chip off one piece of that. It's called the minimum viable product. You've gotta yep, yep. got find, more. you've gotta cut down to the absolute minimum, and then you've gotta cut down 10X more And you just got to keep chipping down until it's basically what can you do today that's going to sell today
0: like that's basically the bare bones of what can be sold
1: yeah i couldn't agree more i think that's
2: so true they say in the lean uh, in the lean startup idea they say okay if you want to build a car your first product should not be four wheels and a, a, a bottom of a car not at all it should be a bike because what you want is to have something that works and it and it's not at all going to be like that big idea you have in terms of tech because it, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to build such a hugely complicated idea in general. So you definitely need to find the sellable part of your idea. Yeah,
0: and start, and start. And start. I, think, I, think, I think what it boils down to is just starting. starting. Like overthinking is, I think, what kills... More than a thousand businesses. I mean, I'm just putting up a n- random yep. number, but I'm I'm sure there's it's a an immensely high number of businesses that get you know, shut down before right. even getting Five started. Yeah, of
2: startups don't get to product market fit.
0: Really? That's wow. wow. Not ideas, not startups. Wow. Yeah, but
2: yeah. pre pre startups, kind of uh, kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it's like over
1: over a timeline of businesses. It's like uh, it's like the 95 percent. It's like 19 out of 20 startups fail and out of those 19 one of them will like break even and just not make much money at all yeah and then out of the 20 there's one that will go to the moon right so that's another thing too is just iterating through like i i left my like first startup you know first major startup like a year ago now pretty much to the day and since then i've iterated through like six business ideas and like they've all been interesting but they've all turned out to be just not very good right but it's It's all about iterating and like they're all totally different like first i wanted to sell virtual assistants to people and then it was a virtual assistant course and then it was like i don't even remember what the next thing was and then it was like um omar you and i we wanted to do like virtual tours and then like furniture flipping flipping, and just all these different things you just got to try because like you've got to figure out what fits for you know for you and then for your market and there's like there's like a dozen different variables of like what do you want to do with your day what does your market need go find a market that needs stuff and like the mistake i was making is i was trying to think okay what am i good at and how can i sell that but what you really need to do is figure out okay what is this specific market need where is there a need it's, it's, i'm still even wrapping my head around this one that's true and is it
2: worth my time also yeah definitely yeah. like yeah consider if it's uh if it's going to be an average idea or if it's, if it's going to be something that's best case scenario really
1: motivates you. Is it worth my time? That's a really good one. Like, the, yeah. you know, like, you know, like I've been involved in things that were, you know, really, really lucrative, valuable, and cool, but they just didn't inspire me, right? Like, I have friends come to me and be like, hey, what about this idea? And it's just like, it doesn't. it's an amazing mean, idea, but I don't, yeah, I don't care. On a personal level, it
0: doesn't really... Have, yeah. yeah,
1: and you can't force yourself to care about something. You know, you of know course, yeah, exactly. yeah. You, yeah. Impossible. Mm-hmm. you don't to blow your head off. In what of, motivates
2: like, you in business, do you think? Is it money? Is it control? Is it power? Is it creation
1: is it uh, what what motivates you what drives you honestly man just freedom freedom ability to do anything go anywhere buy anything you know be able to i don't know like just just freedom yeah like ultimate freedom that's always been my my kind of like guiding force and you know other things too like Like, uh, you know, being able to support a family eventually, being able to support my family my parents, like, um, you know, really just being able to direct, you know, I I don't know, I've I've just always felt like it was just the way to go, like, just for for who I want to be as a person. Some people are happy to work a nine-to-five and spend the majority of their weekends, you know, kayaking or playing soccer or painting or whatever the hell they want to do, right? Um, Yeah. I've always just wanted to build big businesses and I've always said, okay, well, you know, I, I never want to have to worry about money. So I'd rather, you know, rather than try to get good at budgeting and, I and surrounding. I just want to make millions of dollars and never have to worry about money because I have too much Exactly. if you
2: budget it means you already
0: admit that. yeah you you're already it. admitting defeat that's, exactly Yeah, that's
1: exactly. alright um, that's, that's powerful that's kind of If kind of <laughs> you budget you're a bitch <laughs> I know uh, yeah. well it was
0: a great great conversation boys Very and awesome. uh, just before we you know we leave um what are probably a couple of points you can boil down for any future prospective entrepreneurs that you feel that you have learned from your past life um, until now and you, you feel like this should be something that they should look into? Uh, cool. Oh,
1: man, put me on the spot. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, i like to... I'm going to phone a friend, Omar.
0: <laughs> okay, Omar, what's up? Okay,
1: I think...
2: Number one, be overconfident. Mm-hmm. overconfident, you need to trust yourself more than anyone else because nobody's going to trust you as much as you are. So trust yourself. Number two, um, correctly estimate the rewards that it can bring in terms of, of money and personal satisfaction uh-huh. because you're going to invest so much time in that you need to understand if it's
0: worth it. Oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, cool. Mm
1: i i mean like what what was the question like
0: um what are the two things that you feel that you have learned from your past like your life until now which you can pass on to like future entrepreneurs
1: honestly just don't give up like if you give up you're just you're admitting like you you're you're going to go through life anyway mm-hmm. you might as well do it on your terms
0: so uh, that's yeah. that's about it so
1: like you can do it passively or you can do it actively In one way is a hell of a lot more fun and a hell of a lot more fulfilling so
0: awesome yeah. all right um and from me i think i think the first one should be just start just just, just go just dive deep head first don't worry about whether you can you will come up or not trust me you will come up you because will. survival is an instinct that is born within exactly. us And secondly, I think is that some like anyone who is trying to start a business needs to have an aggressive mentality. Um, You cannot just sit back, lay back and hope that your business is going to grow. You have to be aggressive about growth. And um, I think that's the only way
2: very very true right Definitely. you're a striker when you're in
1: business you yeah you gotta go there you gotta you gotta make it happen yeah killer's instinct here you you uh that's a really good point though is that um what was what was your first point sorry
0: uh just start dive deep Head first.
1: yeah
0: right. <laughs> anyway i think it's pretty late um uh, and I thank you guys for joining the thank first you. ever podcast and hopefully we'll have it's many great. more of these uh, yeah absolutely. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, If you want to listen more, um, you can listen to us at The Warehouse Podcast. All right. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.